It started as a game. Now they are playing for keeps. Trying to kill us. And the only person who believes in him is a legendary agent named Flack. That's recording. Now it's showing. Oh, well, I guess we're not leaving that in. <laughs> That's a good way to start an episode. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, no good comments in response to that. Um, so, hello. How are y'all? Oh. <laughs> are we in the podcast now? Is that what's happening? Sure. It's been a while. A, a very long while. <laughs> We're very dedicated to the cause, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll get there eventually. I mean, it's it's not a, a it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? That's yeah. That's exactly right. We'll <clears throat> just keep telling ourselves that. I mean, these movies aren't going anywhere, unless you know <laughs> Donald Trump causes the end of the world. Ugh! <laughs> haven't thought about are that. Garbage. Burn them. <laughs> so far they haven't all been bad I don't I mean St. Elmo's Fire <laughs> <laughs> Alright so should we introduce the podcast It's been a while We're, we're rusty sure. sure You start right Who starts no. You start I start. You guys <laughs> You Then Ryan Then me No I think it's Ryan Then me Oh that's right Ryan Then you And then me Okay I'm this first <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Logan. And I'm Spencer. And every year I watch like 365 movies. I've seen over 4,000 movies in my life. And these two knuckleheads, who are my friends, found out there's a bunch of movies from the 80s I haven't seen. So they shamed me into doing this podcast. No, I kid. They came up with a list of movies by asking me, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Um, That I said no to most all of. Um, And they are randomly picking a movie every episode uh, for me to watch on the next episode. And then we get together and talk about what did I like about it? What didn't I like about it? We talk about their experience. It's kind of like a personal critical journey through 80s movies that I missed. And it's mostly stuff I would have watched when I was a kid because y'all watched them when you were kids. Um, And this week's episode is on Cloak and Dagger. So why we're watching Cloak and Dagger, guys? Why did I watch it? So this is Ryan's pick. I'm going to let him take this. What's the deal Um, with Cloak and Dagger? Well, I mean, I really like spy movies and... I I want to think this is like the first real spy movie that I remember watching, even though it's not really a spy movie, but you get you get my meaning. Um, and I don't and I love Dabney Coleman. So no, I mean that that um. So here's the deal. I was in from the moment the bulgers in the shape of the die are rolling at him. And then you, I realized, oh, they're playing a role-playing game. And I felt like that was the most like 2019 meta storyline kind of thing to do from this movie. Like I was so surprised how modern in its sensibilities it was while still being obviously a throwback to its time or being of its time. Um, and so I was in. I was like, okay, I, I get it. It's a, this is a kid's movie, flat out. It's got spy stuff. It's got imagination. 
Let's see what happens. And there's nothing I like more in a movie than a little bit of magical realism. And so the idea that this imaginary character is with him, but may actually be real and passed down from his dad. Like it's all this stuff that I, I just, I love all this kind of stuff. And I also love spy movies. Like I can, I'm, this is another case where I go, why the hell did my mom not show me this movie when I was a kid? <laughs> Cause I would have loved this movie. Um, so I, I, and I watched it, from that perspective and really actually had a good time. Logan, you, you said you thought this would be a very brief episode uh, via in, in text. I think you're being a little sarcastic, but still, why did you think, did you think I would hate this movie? Uh, yeah, I rewatched it and I was like, oh my God, this is so bad. <laughs> I thought it held up really well. No, I agree. I thought it was like, it's it's got some of that darkness that, I mean, like, the, there's these spies are trying to kill a little boy, like, actually kill him. And then there's, like, old people, they're not safe either. And, and like, it's very 80s and it's darkness in that way. But people are, like, a Stranger Things. It has that Stranger Things vibe that, or that, excuse me, let me, re, let me rephrase. It has that vibe that Stranger Things is cribbing from this time period. And, and like, it's doing all of that really well. And, and it's, I don't know. I don't know. I just clicked with it really, really quickly. And, um, and I, I don't know. I was into it the whole time. Like I, I was like, I, I never, I never got really scared about like, Oh God, are they going to make it? I pretty much knew what was going to happen. When I was, I was a kid, it scared me. Those old people scared the crap out of me. I will say, I'm glad I didn't see it for that reason. Cause that would have been in my head for a long time. <laughs> I, I think it's still in my head. Like I'm generally not, comfortable around old people <laughs> but to be fair i'm not comfortable comfortable around most people so um yeah i i didn't hate it rewatching it i was surprised by how much i misremembered the entire film like i didn't think you saw his dad until the end of the movie you mean in that amazing hero shot where the obviously like back projected image of the exploding plane and he comes like rock style rocking forward? It's so bad. <laughs> I loved it. I, I thought it was probably the weakest moment of the whole movie um, because the, the visual trickery is not very good. But I love that his dad did like the rock walking away from an explosion. It's, like I just love it. And it's, and it's who it is. It's, like, it's just so good. I thought it was a good thing. I mean, it looks cheesy as crap, but... Um, I think Logan, the, the reason, I mean, that happens to me with a lot of movies we watched as kids, but I gotta say it's probably cause we watched the middle of it and, and, you know, or walked in in the middle of it or started it and then went and played outside and came back. And I, I think that's probably why you remember it like that. Yeah, I guess so. Like I didn't remember the be most of the beginning at all. I forgot, uh, oh God, what's his freaking name? The the computer dude. I forgot he was even in it. Um, and they kill him. I mean, pretty quickly, too. I was like, God, this must be like one of his first movies. Five minutes in, it's like, oh, nope, got shot in the head. <laughs> uh, God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I should have had the... the William all Forsyth? I can think of is, yeah, William yeah. Forsyth. Wasn't yeah. it? Wasn't it Forty Eight Hours or another Forty Eight Hours, or uh, was it Lethal Weapon? He was in one of those movies. <laughs> no, he's in. I think he's in one of the Forty Eight Hours movies. But like, uh, he was just in uh, Daredevil, like in season two or something. 
he shows up in all those like noir type TV shows. He's in Boardwalk Empire for a while, and like he's a good fit for a show like that. He, I would have never like seen him as that character. <laughs> Me you know either. I mean? It is really weird. <laughs> <clears throat> like he's such a mafioso kind of guy that like when he showed up on screen, I was like, this is so bizarre. <laughs> Um, and Henry Thomas is not good. I will say, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm, I kind of go, E.T. is pretty impressive for, um, for the performance compared to this one. I I think that's where you have to like hand it to Spielberg, right? Absolutely. Especially because this is after that. So he's, so if he was, you know, growing and learning as a young actor, like that would be. You would see that here to some degree, but I think that really proves how much the director informs like those kid performances, and everyone says he's the best. And I just, I think this sort of proves that rule. Uh, yeah, you know, he's going to be in the Star Girl show coming up. Okay. Uh, he's playing Doctor Midnight. Okay. And after watching this, I was kind of psyched for it. I'm like, oh, like he's he's been pretty good, and then. I'm trying to think of what else I've seen him in recently that I didn't hate. And I couldn't come up with anything. I was like, and then I watched this. I was like, oh, wait, no, he's terrible. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not excited for this at all now. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of somebody else when I think of Henry Thomas. <laughs> You're just thinking about E.T. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad performance. Yeah, he, he wasn't that good. That little his- girl... Stole the whole movie from him. I yeah. loved her. <laughs> She's so precocious. And it was such an obvious, like, this kid was just an E.T. Let's get a little girl to play his sister who's precocious and mouthy. And then, or not his sister, but his friend. Right. Who's precocious and mouthy. Um, that way you have, like, the same dynamic. And I actually think this, I like this more than I like his sister and E.T. That just annoys me. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. I I don't have the fondness for E.T. I should, considering like how much I liked it when I was a kid. When's the last time you guys have watched it? When's the last time you watched E.T., Ryan? Um, probably at least 20 years ago. Probably. Oh, wow. Not. We should do, if we ever finish this series, we should do like a retrospective of some of the, like we should do like five classics, like Raiders and E.T. and a couple of others and, and just go through them. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Give oh, us an excuse to go back to them. I, I remember I was uh, the one like really long-term relationship I've had in my life. She had never seen E.T. And I bought it on Blu-ray when it came out and showed it to her. And I think she liked it, but rewatching it, I was just like, I don't know. I, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> like, I, I, I remember loving this movie. Katie and had not seen it when we got married, and I know that's the prob- probably the last time I watched it, is that within a year or two of us getting married, because she had not seen it. Um, and it really, it got me more emotional than it ever had before, actually. Like, I really bought into it, but I haven't seen it since then. Yeah, I'd love to show it to my daughter. I really should do that. Um, I don't know 
if y'all looked up anything about this movie, like, you know, um, I looked up some stuff. I was most interested stuff. in the writer uh, when I saw Tom his name Holland. Tom Holland, <laughs> and I was like, a Tom Holland, and I was like, oh shit. He wrote Class of 1984, Cloak and Dagger, Fright Night, Fright Night Part 2, The First Child's Play, some Tales from the Crypt, and Thinner, which is not very good. And then he grew up to be Spider-Man. <laughs> that kid's That's hilarious. talented. Well, He's um, directed stuff, too. Which It was released, which this never happens anymore, as a double feature with The Last Starfighter. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, wow. I would have loved the hell out of that. I loved The Last Starfighter when I was a kid. I have not, That's one I have not seen in 25 years, probably. And um, I love up. that one. Does it? Yeah. Oh. But yeah, so I really love that one. And this, this, I could see it. Like, I can picture little Spencer watching a double feature of these two and being in heaven. And leaving the theater thinking, this is like the greatest day of my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can do anything. I'm going to be a spy. I'm going to do this. Like, I'd be, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I would have loved to. I've caught that. And I apparently don't... it's based on a short story that has been made a movie before called The Window. But I don't. Barbara Hale's in it. That's the only name on here I know. Hmm. No, didn't know. Didn't read that. So I love the user reviews on IMDb though. It does have like a 10 out of 10. What? Does it not, really? Not not the overall score, but like there's some user reviews that are like 10 out of 10. I love this movie. I don't remember. Over, overall score is really low. It's like a six. But just reading the like uber positive reviews, I'm like, wow. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> you're way too enthusiastic about this. You say six, but when I see something's a six on IMDb, I'm always like, I bet that movie's pretty good. <laughs> and when you see something that's idiots. a nine, you're like, I, I bet that's really, really like just pretentious. Pretentious. <laughs> it's funny though. It's true. I love this. So I pulled up the reviews. I was curious. And so there's one. Um, I mean, it's just, I think it's a point we were trying to make, but I like how he lays it out. Um, he says, it's amazing how as kids, we saw this movie in the eighties where a child is being chased, shot at, almost stabbed, threatened to have his kneecaps blown off and shot in the gut, kills three guys, two not by him, but caused by him and be held hostage. And it was a family film rated PG. (laughs) I mean, it's, I mean, it's true though. It's, it's, I mean, he kills the dude at the end, like which I didn't think would happen. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy um, how absolutely in danger the kid is. It's like they're saying, "Hey, we're not going to dumb it down." Or, or not dumb it down sounds like the right word, but we're not going to soften it up for kids or, and spoon feed them something. We're going to, you know, it'll be a kid adventure, and it's definitely a fantasy. But like. There's some real stuff going on, and like those creepy guys, like there's a whole thing on the when he's on the little ferry, and the kids and the old people who end up being terrible, but the old people are like, I think they're perverts. Like I'm like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see that in anything today with its rated PG, but they're just straight up like they're essentially child molesters trying to get this little boy, and there's two of them. like that's some dark stuff that they're just throwing around. 
Um, and I really liked that they did. It was just kind of like, it was weirdly refreshing. That's yeah, part of the, uh, probably you hit it on the head. Part of why I really liked it, it felt like I was watching like a, a grown up film. Right. So it's like you know, you're, it's, it's eight your adult years group. old. <laughs> Were you a James Bond guy? Like yeah. I'll, I'll, Oddly enough, I've never seen GoldenEye, so don't at me on Twitter. I'm sorry, guys. I've never <laughs> no, seen it. No, fuck that. At him. <laughs> at him on Twitter. At him all freaking day. You've not um, seen GoldenEye? I haven't seen most most of them after Timothy Dalton. It's Dalton's. literally the only good Brosnan film. I mean, the only no. one I can tell you I've definitely seen is... Uh, the first of the new James Bond films. Cena Royale. Yeah, and I, I haven't. I no, I did see the second one. I did see the second. One. one seen, the second one is that the one where it has that great chase scene where he's, uh, what do you call it? Parkouring like all over the place. The first one. The first, the first one opens with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, think, then I think that's they do the it again. The Quantum of Solace, but that's the one you're thinking of is Casino Royale. Well, yeah. then that's the only one I've seen. <laughs> People crapped all over Quantum of Solace, and then when the new one came out, uh, I was like, yeah, huh? I think Quantum of Solace was better. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Quantum of Solace, but I, I've only met one James Bond movie I really, really um, could not stand, um, and that was the Brosnan uh, Die Another Day. I really just genuinely hated that movie. Um, that Jones? Um, that's no, I don't think so. That's I think that's the world is not enough. I don't remember honestly. It's the one where they the Halle they, Berry one. Yes, Halle Berry. That's the one. Yeah, cool. yeah it's pretty bad. Ice, invisible things. Ice. Oh, no, just not good. No, then and Madonna theme song. Just go away. Um, no, I, but I love James Bond. My point was I love James Bond as a kid, and so like this would have been the closest I could get to like seeing myself as a James Bond character i sort of looked like henry thomas a little bit when i was little um and so like i sort of i was related to elliot a lot just because i was like oh he kind of looks like me and that was and i think there's all these things that talk about like um like white male privilege because we see ourselves on the screen all the time and that's true but like nobody in goonies look like me and i was more in tune to like the specific like nobody looks like me thing and so um, they either look too cool or just just different than me. And he looked like me. So I, I imagine me having really loved James Bond as a little kid being like so into this movie because this would have been me in a James Bond movie. And I, I really this the weird thing this this little project we're doing has done has made me like wish my childhood were different in a totally other way than I've ever wished my childhood were different. And I just wish I had shown this movie. Yeah. It's too bad we didn't all grow up. It's too bad we're so much older than you, but, and then we didn't all grow up together. I mean, we're like, we're within miles of each other the whole time too. That's just the insanity of it. I'll never get over that. Because there had to be a lot of crisscrossing going on there. And God, you would have loved uh, my dad because, well, you know, politics aside, but, <laughs> and I'm going to out him here. Uh, he figured out uh, very early on 
how to get around having to constantly uh, re-rent our, and our go-buy movies. He was and, like, our dad was like the original pirate. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything. Everything. To, uh, I mean, to this day, he still does stuff where I'm just like, you can re- literally stream that on Netflix right now. He's like, yeah, I know, but I might want a copy later. I'm like, when? Like, you're already retired. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think in 20 years you're going to have time to sit down and watch all these movies? <laughs> Here's the thing, but, though. You're going to be glad for his physical media when Netflix, like, goes <clears throat> under or something. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's actually the smartest guy in the room when it comes to this. But, I well, mean, Netflix he had... went under, we'd be make, we can make some money. <laughs> I mean, it was walls of VHS tapes, and it, each one had at least three films on it. Like, he would figure out a way to cram as much onto a tape as possible. You do that low-quality record, and you can get more out yeah. and get six hours out of a three-hour tape. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. So, yeah, you would have been that kid, like, if you lived a mile from our house— it's like, I'm going to go over here and just borrow some movies. <laughs> Y'all would be like, this guy's got to go away because I would always be there. <laughs> we, um, It's funny. I think we all, like, I think everybody in that generation sort of knew that person. Like, there was always someone in their life who did that. Um, it was always the most amazing technology. I remember one time asking for a second VHS player for Christmas because I thought I'd sort of understood that that was part of that, the process. And not getting it because everyone was like, you don't need another one. And I was like, no, but all the movies I could have forever. And it never happened. I was too young. Tear. Yeah. All those VHS types are now, uh, well, some of them are gone. Some of them are in a closet in my dad's house. Uh, and every time I open a closet door and there's just boxes of VHS types, I just look at them and go, you really just got to throw these out. And he can't do it. <laughs> He, um, I, one year for Christmas, he dubbed or he recorded the Breakfast Club off of TBS. Um, because which is a version language. you cannot get anywhere else on the Criterion Collection. Well, now, <laughs> but um, so he went through and he dubbed out all the commercials for me and gave it to me for my for my birthday. And what I was... wish I had that tape somewhere. What was the what was the deal with the version? There was a made for TV version, um, that, that it was it was almost exclusively on TBS. But there's about two or three scenes in it that you know when it came out on DVD or you could go rent it. Those scenes weren't there. They weren't there theatrically either. They were added to pad the runtime for. The, to make it even with the commercial breaks. Oh. And huh. also, of course, the audio is different. You have the dubbed lines uh, for the swearing. Um, right. Which now is so tame, you wouldn't even dub them. Uh, not that they really dub anything anymore. Um, but yeah, it was it, to the point, like, we saw that movie so much on TBS that I'm pretty sure both of us, when we saw the actual movie, <laughs> our mouths are just like yeah. on the floor, like, oh my God. <laughs> and then it's just like, where are these scenes? Like, how come this is not, this is not the complete movie. And, um, 
for the longest time, it was like it was a cut that John Hughes had and wouldn't release. Um, and then, of course, he he died several years ago. And I guess Criterion had contacted his uh, family about doing a special edition and wanted to get as much material as possible. So there is the extended cut of the movie. I still think uh, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read that there's still a like close to three hour cut of that film that very few people have ever seen. And oh, I'd love to get my probably hand. nobody will ever see. So. That's wild. I would never would have guessed. That's wild. <clears throat> the, huh. the only specific scene I can remember. Come for clock and dagger, stay for breakfast club. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only specific scene I, re- I can recall right off the top of my head is uh, the principal comes in there and asks him about food or something. And um, they're going to go to the soda machine. And uh, Molly Ringwald pulls out a $100 bill and says, do you have change for this? <laughs> and that that's not in the, the theatrical cut of the movie. That's the only one I can remember off the top of my head. There's a few more. It's not much. It probably only adds like six minutes to the runtime, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's still like this alternate version that, you know, unless you saw it on TV, you didn't even know it existed. Um, well, so- I, I wish I, I wish I still had that tape because the dubbed over curse words. Yeah. It, I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, it's I'm beyond hilarious. Uh one of them is like, what does he say? It's when, uh, oh, it's when uh, he's walking out and Bender screams, fuck you. <laughs> uh, God, what does he say? I can't remember. It's so ridiculous. But it's like the dubbed version of Big Lebowski. If you've ever seen those videos. That's online. hilarious. <laughs> this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> I've got to. I have not. I. You said that there's Big Lebowski videos on YouTube of this dub. Yeah. I've yeah. got to check this out. I've never seen a dub. I've only ever seen it on video or DVD. Yeah, that scene where he's like, "This is what happens." Excuse the language. I know I've already sworn, but when this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. You know, he's beating the hell out of that good that dude's car. Uh huh. And it's just dubbed with "This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps." And it makes <laughs> no sense whatsoever. But there's so many F-bombs in that movie that, like, they had to do something. So there's, like, all this dubbed over stuff that almost makes it an entirely different film. Um, uh, I would love to have the the TV dub of that that movie right there. But you could probably find it because it's it's modern enough. You could probably find most of it on YouTube. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, I don't know how we got into weird dubs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what this is all about. I like it. Um, we always come up with random stuff to talk about. I Going back to Cloak and Dagger, while watching it, I did think that this would make for a really fun, like not, not that it's popular enough to do it, but how these like kids are taking Hollywood films and turning them into like plays for their school. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, this would be kind of fun as like a play. Oh, I think it know? would be great. Um, Have you watched the Alien play? No. I've only seen uh, like the original clip, but apparently the whole play is on YouTube, so you can watch the whole thing they did. That's incredible. 
So oh, more stuff like that needs to happen. You know, it's uh, it's I don't know. I think it lends some credibility to like the high school principal sees it and goes, oh, we could go viral, and this is very cynical, but then maybe they keep funding in a department for another year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm with I would you. love to see a high school version of Clerks as a play. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I would like to see how creatively they work around some of those problematic um, jokes for high yeah. school. Yeah. Oh, that like, is terrible. Would be funny. Does she, does she eat 37 Twinkies? Like, what's the deal? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it would be great. Uh, I would love that. 37 Twinkies in a row? <laughs> <laughs> it could work. Um, so what else? What else? What else? Okay. So Brian May did the music for this movie. So I only looked at this of Queen, by the way, just for listeners who don't are like, who's Brian May? Um, but I if you don't know who Brian May is, just stop listening. No, don't say that. We're <laughs> we're hungry for listeners, Logan. Don't turn people away. We're educating. Um, so I um, I saw the credit on Letterboxd, the the app that I use, and um, it didn't have a picture by it, and I went. Well, surely not that Brian May because the music isn't like Queen's music really at all in terms of, you know, it's not like rock and roll. It's a, it's a score. And so I clicked on it and there was this big old head of white hair like this, like that was him. I was really blown away by it, but I only clicked on it because I actually really liked the score of the movie. I thought it was really fun. And I thought this is like so classically of its time, fun kids movie score Maybe there, and my thought had been maybe there's this guy who did like a bunch of these, and it was Brian May who didn't do any of the other ones that I was thinking. So I thought that was pretty wild and pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's so not a like you said, like not something that screams Brian May. Like when you hear, um, like there was that Batman TV show, and it was like, oh, the Edge did the theme for the Batman TV show, and you like listen to the theme of that cartoon you're like yeah it's definitely the edge you know Mm -hmm. this doesn't you're right doesn't scream brian may but he's also a musical genius so i don't know i wish there was something in the score that i even remembered (laughs) i mean this is a dude that builds his own guitars like he makes his own guitars not builds but whatever i mean he makes the guitars he plays that's He's a genius. And the score, I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, it's just not special. <laughs> I thought it was special. I liked it. It reminded me of childhood. Yeah, when you texted us, I didn't realize that uh, <clears throat> Brian May did the score either. I was like, wow, that's interesting. It's it's weird how... Can, like, I feel like we haven't watched a single movie that sits in its own random box without this interconnectivity to other things. Um, like you guys haven't thrown me for such a loop where it's like, here's this random movie we watch as a kid that doesn't have some fun facts about it. And I think this, I think the Brian May connection is the most fun fact for me for Cloak and Dagger, which I also, by the way, thought when you guys named it, there was some, some relation to the comic book series. Um, cause I didn't know what this movie was at all. So, and I was not disappointed that it was not that, but I was, um, I was expecting something a little more comic booky until the picture pulled up and I went, I mean, no way in hell this is about the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I like the uh, video game thing. Um, I don't know how much you can believe what you read on Wikipedia, but uh, on Wikipedia it says that Atari was already working on a game called Cloak and Dagger. Yes. When these people started to do the movie, they talked to Atari and was like, hey, let's work together. That makes so sense I, to me. That, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Uh, I guess kind of... I don't know. When did Tron came out? Taking a cue from Tron, that's the first one I can think about with like a big video game crossover type thing. Tron was two years before in 82. Yeah, and they had a video game too, right? Based on that movie. Uh, that's that's my understanding. Yeah. Did you guys like have Atari? Yes. Yeah. So you play these kind of games? Yes. Very was bad it, games. What was it like back in that old time when they had Pitfall the was my favorite game. <laughs> I still know the Pitfall music, yeah. Like or not it's not music, it's just sound effects. So like these big giant scorpions would come and like it, they didn't look like scorpions. So it's like you read the box and there's like artwork of him fighting a scorpion. You're like, is that what that's supposed to be? <laughs> I love like, how in some of the like old boxes, I love how in some of the old boxes or like the little books that would come with the Nintendo games, it would kind of show you what crazy thing it's supposed to be that you're fighting. Like here's a rectangular square ish circle thing and that's the alien with eight legs and blah 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 and like that was like I like sort of the translator for the eight bit stuff i love all that yeah there was a i'm trying to think of the name of this show uh there was a show a few years back and it was on netflix but it was about uh <laughs> old man a few years back Back in your day, I played Atari. It was like two years ago, but it was on like Spike TV or something. And it was done in 8-bit animation. And it was about these guys that worked at a, a video game uh, a publisher or something like that. Um, God, I can't remember the name of it. But uh, there was a really funny episode. Like, uh, y'all know the, the thing about the E.T., the video game? All the unsold cartridges? It's supposed to be so bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there was this episode where they got contracted to make the E.T. video game. And uh, so they they spent, they got paid like a buttload of money. But then they just spent all the money like partying for like six months. And then like the day before the game, they were supposed to turn in the game. They were like, oh shit, we never made the game. And that's <laughs> why the game is so bad. <laughs> It's this really funny roundabout joke, but uh, I think I've seen that. What was uh, the name of the show? Didn't you just fucking hear me say? I wish I could remember the name of the show. Oh, uh, I don't. I, don't I think it was on Spike though. I think it was on something else. I'm googling eight bit sitcom. <laughs> eight bit sitcom. That's what it sounds like. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called, but it was really... It was Code, Code Monkeys. Code Monkeys, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I have it's seen It's only that. on for like two years or three years. It. I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not, but uh, I watched, I think I watched the first season. The animation is so, like that 8-bit stuff is just so bad. 
that it, I just couldn't watch it. Um, it had a pretty funny cast. Dana Snyder, who's the voice of uh, Master Shake, was in it. And I think that guy's hysterical. So, anyway, yeah, if you're into like Atari stuff, look up Cub Monkeys. It's kind of funny because it's set in that era. So, you just got to deal with the 8 bit stuff. I think it's better than Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> Dang, man. Hey, look, uh, Spencer, you brought this up and I'll, I'm not going to, but in our little chat, you said something about San Antonio. <laughs> yeah. So I've been to San Antonio and the minute they stepped onto the river walk, I was uh-huh. like, oh my God, I've been there. Yep. I love stuff like that. I mean, it, they did, they filmed it there. So, like, no, I, I like the early on, there's a part where they're like walking around in the streets or whatever. And I went, holy crap, this is San Antonio. And I'm like, are they going to call it San Antonio? Or is it, and then sure enough, I mean, yeah, I mean, they lean into it. It's definitely San Antonio with the river walk and the Alamo and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, I've been to several of these places in memorable yeah. ways. Usually it's me. Now, of course, as a kid, I watched it well before I ever went to San Antonio. By the time I went to San Antonio, I did not remember most of that movie. So, but watching it now and then just being like, oh, I've been there. I've been there. Like, I was there. It's a lot. It's like, especially coming off my New York trip where it was just me seeing places and going, that's from this movie. That's from this movie. That was in this TV show for like the whole trip. It was nice to see something in a movie and be like, I've been there. Like, I was there. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I know I'm stupid that I get excited about stuff like that. No, you're not. That's how I am when I travel. It's all about what can I see that I've seen in something else. (laughs) (laughs) Such a weird way to travel. It is, but you know what? I love it. I'm super jealous that you've been to that uh, Tarantino hotel. Oh, the Safari Inn? Safari Inn, yeah. That, that, honestly, I think that's the reason I travel the way I do. Because my aunt and uncle set that up. Because they took me, um, for my 16th birthday, I got to pick between, I got to pick wherever in the U.S. I wanted to go to. Um, and it was, it was between, in my mind, New York and L.A. And my uncle said, if we do L.A., we'll fly into Vegas and drive in a, we'll get a convertible and drive from Vegas to, um, to LA, which I was a big fan of swingers at this time. So the idea of driving that road trip was just too hilarious to me. Vegas, baby. Yeah. Vegas. And then by the end it's, it is cause we ended up driving back to Vegas to fly out and it is very much like, okay, Vegas, okay, Vegas, let's, let's get there. Um, and, and so, and then flying or then driving to LA and driving all around. And so I felt like it was, in my mind, it was like budget minded. Oh, I'll get two trips for the price of one, which you know I wasn't paying for the trip, but you know I'm just like I'm getting to go two places. And then when I chose L.A., um, they they knew I love true romance. They'd shown me true romance, in fact. Um, and I think the swingers reference because my uncle also showed me that movie. Um, and so I think the idea that they kind of kicked off this movie related trip, it became a very or like this one movie reference became all movie references. Um, and so we stayed at the Safari Inn, um, where true romance took place and a lot of other movies have actually shot there. Um, uh, the only one that I always remember being the other one 
it's Coach Carter because I know that Sam Jackson was right there where I was too, which is pretty cool. Um, and um, we stayed there, and then we did all these movie tours, and like we went to Warner Brothers Studio tour and all this movie stuff, and that's so it became like a whole movie trip. But it was like the best trip I'd ever been on in my life, and I think it sort of foundationally changed the way I travel. And so now I'm always like, what movie was shot there for a go? And I want to see it. If I go to Hawaii, like I'm going to go on the Lost Tour and see uh, the Jurassic Park kind of like you could do that helicopter flight from the opening of Jurassic Park uh, or early in Jurassic Park. And um, I've never wanted to be on a helicopter, but I've always told myself if I go to to Hawaii, I'll do the Lost Tour and I'll take that helicopter ride because I feel like I have to. Yeah. I wish you would have been on our lo- in on our lost conversation with our cousin who just finished lost. Yeah, I saw her post and was like, unfriend. Just kidding. I didn't I didn't do that. But she yeah. could just can I don't even know. What do you why she why wasn't always bashing it? It was it was more or less just funny to hear her she was talking to herself because none of us were responding. I would just uh, respond. Jacob with, might yes. or Logan might troll her every <laughs> once in a while. But it's, it's not it's, Go it's ahead. not tro- it's not trolling like anytime i do anything it's not trolling well jacob was definitely trolling her oh when yeah he starts posting memes and stuff that's that's definitely trolling so she's just upset by the ending it sounded or it looked like what i mean i didn't know what to tell her she was like what this is stupid <laughs> like what you know I had already warned her, like, don't get upset when you get to the end. <laughs> and she did it anyway. She, uh, she, yep. but she watched it in the span of what, like, four days, five days? Yeah, I mean, I feel like she just started the other day, and all of a sudden she's done with the whole show. That's pretty impressive. That was the funniest thing to me, was watching her go through... The emotions, the ups and downs of watching Lost. <laughs> of every single Lost viewer, except for Spencer, I feel like. <laughs> um, there are others. There's a whole podcast dedicated to it right now. I'm not alone. It was just funny watching her go through all of that in the span of li- less than a week. Like you know, who, I, you know I who likes the show like I do. Years watching this show. <laughs> You know, Joanna Robinson is with me, so that's all I need. Yeah. Right it's on. Okay if, if it's okay if her and I don't agree on everything. <laughs> you could still be soulmates. Yeah. <laughs> if she wasn't taken. Yeah. Right. Um, so way out of my league. <laughs> and your time zone. I'd uh, like to move. <laughs> You've traveled now. You're ready to move across the uh, the country for Joanna Robson. Absolutely, fair enough. Fair just enough. Just to talk to me, like why well, do anything? I just listen to her talk. <laughs> well, I love Lost. Still, I'm actually gonna do. I'm so I'm watching Deadwood right now. Um, have you guys watched Deadwood before? Either one. Of you? I watched season one, and by the time I finished season one, I feel like I've told this story. The show had been canceled because I was. And so when I finished season one, I was like, well, fuck this. I'm not going (laughs) to finish it. Ryan, have you watched it? Uh, No, I always wanted to because I love Westerns. Yeah, you'd really dig it. So I really wanted to do a rewatch before the movie that just came out on HBO to finish up the show. So Logan, see, it would have paid off 12 years later. Um, 
And so I started a rewatch, but I Katie wanted just to see if she'd be into it. And she got really into it very quickly. And if she says it's not about um, Mr. Raylan Givens, Timothy Oliphant, then she's lying to you. But come on, even uh, I think that he's, you know, sorry. But yeah, no, 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 it's fine. But yeah, so she, um, so she acts like it's not about him. But as soon as he started strutting around like Boyd Crowder, she actually looked at me at one point, hit me like we were laying in bed watching. She's like hitting me on the chest like a little kid going, "Daddy, wake up! It's Christmas." She's going, "This must be like I feel like he inspired the Boyd Crowder walk. This is it's Raylan and Boyd combined into a person." That's what that's a sentence she said to me, and then we just kept watching. Like, I didn't say anything. I was just like, I'm going to let this moment happen. But it was all her favorite stuff in one character. And so, because she loves Walton Goggins in Justified specifically. Um, and so, anyway, um, she's really into it. So, we're rewatching it now. Um, and so, and I never watched the whole third season because it got canceled. Because um, I was also a little behind and knew it was going to get canceled. It's like, I'll never, I'll finish it later and just never did. So we're going to finish it up, watch the movie, and then start a Lost rewatch, I think. So I'll see if, you know, the sixth time I finally change my mind and say you guys are right. You've seen Lost all the way through six times? I have indeed. I've seen the first season like nine times. You're insane. That's You're not weird. an exaggeration. <laughs> That's the first, the first season. season is nine times worthy. I'll give you that. So I was the guy who showed it to everybody, and I was the one who spent like the $80 to buy the season one DVD set on the first day it came out. So then I'm having like people come over. I'm like, you got to see this show. Season two is just about to start. you got to watch it. And then season two is only a few weeks in. You can still watch. And like I'm, I was also recording it on VHS. So I was like, we can watch the episodes, and I'll get you caught up. And um and then there was like ABC.com was a big thing for a while for streaming shows, you know. And so like I was like, you can catch up with the other episodes on that, but come over and watch what I have. So I ended up watching it with a ton of people, like show it, sharing the show that way. And that's how I ended up getting to my major rewatch numbers is over time, binging with people, catching them up before there was Netflix. Um, it was one of those things, one of those weird shows that I just showed all the time. And then I would get hooked watching people. Watch. So, Logan, that thing you do where you like to see a movie the second time with people in the theater so you can watch them watch the movie. Yes. That's what I did with Lost for, like, I mean, legitimately, like, 15 different people. Um, and some of them, like, groups of people. So that's how you don't get me saying I've watched it, like, 15 times. But, like, there was, like, two girls in college that we were friends and we hung out all the time. And they were, like okay, fine, we have to watch Lost because Spencer loves Lost, and we, like, binged the whole show. And the majority of the time, I was, like, going, isn't this great? And watching their reactions the whole time. And the show had not ended at that point, so um, if they hated me, I don't know, because it ended after I left college. (laughs) (laughs) You're like a pusher. (laughs) I mean, I really was. And then the last season is just like bad drugs, man. Bad drugs. I mean, I did get a lot of shit ever. (laughs) I got a lot of shit retroactively for that show because so because everyone got so hooked on it, and then all of a sudden at the end it was so divisive, and I was the the people's outlet, if you will, (laughs) amongst my friend group because I'd started the problem. I did that to Jacob and Firefly when he finished. The first season of Firefly, he said something. I was like, "That's it, man. There is no more." He was like, "What? That's stupid." 
like, I'm sorry, dude. I thought I told you that. He was like, man, that's a really good show. I was like, yeah. I said, there's a movie, though. So watch the movie. It, it ends everything well. That is the nice thing about the legacy of that show. That would be so tough to have that great show with all of that fandom, but never have a sense of closure. Yeah. Um, because the fandom around that show is so much different than other like one hit wonder shows. So I'm so glad that we have that, um, that last moment with them to kind of wrap it all up. I feel like if there was something that I was going to like push on people, it would definitely be that show. Uh, like, hey, I, come on, come watch this. You got to watch this with me. So <laughs> all of the people outside with Spencer that I know that like Firefly, I, I'm just going to like, you're welcome. <laughs> So, well, I mean, I, you didn't watch it with me, but you are the reason I watched it. Mm. You're like, hey, bar, here, borrow this, watch it. I, I when owned, you get done, call me and tell me what you think. <laughs> I've owned more sets of Firefly than I care to even mention. I will say that first episode had me almost ready to turn it off. And then he shoots the he guy kicks. as he's walking up the Yeah, road. he shoots the guy. Yeah. I'd say that's not the turbine episode. That's like episode four that's or five. The second, or something. Uh, that's the second episode, I think. No, second episode's train job. No, that is the episode. Yeah, that, yeah, you're right. It's the second episode. Yeah. Well, yeah, when he guy, shoots that dude, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> there's a guy who lived in my apartments who we worked with at Blockbuster, me and my roommate, and he was a character, to say the least. Like, he just, who think of, like, um, um, Randall from Clerks, but, like, extremely all the time belligerent and high. Um, and he loved two things and li- three things in life equally besides himself. Um, they were Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Halloween movies, and Firefly, which he, he was like on the cusp because when I knew him, the movie was coming out that fall when I met him in that summer. So like the show's done, it's already failed, but he is like hardcore. If you want to hang out with me, if you want to be coworkers with me, and we were, were neighbors as well. Like it was this weird randomness of how this all worked out. He goes, you have to watch the show. So he like forced us, me and my roommate to watch it. And but fortunately we both were like, Oh hell yeah, and got really into it, and then all went to see the um, the movie together. And he brought his companion book to the movie to the movie, like with him to the movie. Like he carried it with him to the movie. I'll never forget that. Um, who knows? Hell, maybe we were in the same theater, in Columbus, watching Serenity. Who knows? Well, I definitely wasn't because I didn't see that until after it was out of the theater. Well, that's fair. Maybe me and Logan were there. Yeah, I was there with a certain ex. I'm pretty sure my glasses broke while I was watching the movie. Because you were, like, so excited? No. Just the screw popped out. It it was very... (laughs) I would have been so mad. (laughs) I think it was that movie. I know that happened in a movie once. And I'm trying to think of all the other movies we went to go see. I think it was that one. So, I could be wrong, though. I thought he was going to say she slapped him and, like, his glasses fell and broke. (laughs) No. She never slapped me in the face. So. (laughs) Just in the back. (laughs) A few times. 
Spencer's like, uh. I'm trying to decide if I want to make jokes or not, and I'm deciding I'm not. So um, I was abused. It's not funny. <laughs> also, I was an asshole, so that's why. <laughs> when you say it like that, though, it you make it funny. <laughs> yeah, that does make it funny. I'm sort of. I now feel awkward, so I'm also feeling like I want to laugh because I don't know what to do. Um, so, cloak and dagger. Uh, I, I want to tell an awkward story just for five seconds, if I can. It'd be longer than five seconds. So at work today, I was walking out and there was this coworker walking in. She looked really distraught. And she, for whatever reason, she just looked at me and said, I'm not going to be here tomorrow or Thursday. I don't really work that close with her, but I've known her since I, well, yeah, pretty much since I started. And I was like, okay. She was like, I got to go have something done at the hospital. I was like, are you okay? She was like, yeah. It's... And there was this other female that works with her standing there. And uh, she kind of vaguely said some stuff. And I said, yeah, I've been there. And this other woman chimes in and said, oh, really? You've had to ha- have a hysterectomy? And she says, I'm not having a hysterectomy. It's just precautionary stuff. And uh, she said, but still. And I looked there. I said, no, but I've had cancer twice. So I know what it's like to get news like this. <laughs> and she shut up. <laughs> you cancer told her. I mean, I, I got to say, uh, that's my favorite thing to do when when people. <laughs> I'm like, no, well, I, I had cancer when I was 19. So. And then they're like, oh, my bad. (laughs) I usually do use it as like this weird icebreaker type of jokey thing. But like people just like don't assume, you know, anything about anybody like you. This lady barely even knows my name, you know, and I've known this other lady for almost three years now. She knows my story. And so, like, I think that's why she said something to me. You yeah. know, because she's like, you know, you might understand. Right. It's like a brief moment of you just needing to connect and under- some be understood. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I was com- when she told me I was completely with her. I was like, you're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I was like, you know how you come in here every day and do your job. These people go to the hospital every day and do this. You're going to be fine. You know, like you don't until they tell you there's something to worry about. Don't worry about it. But her, oh, you've had to have a hysterectomy. No, I mean, but I've had to have shit cut out of me and (laughs) (laughs) woke up tied to a hospital bed with some doctor going, hey, man, you got cancer. I don't know how the hell you're still alive. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, yeah, I'm I'm aware of what it's like to get news you absolutely don't want to (laughs) hear. So, yeah, it it felt oddly... uh, Worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's almost worth having cancer twice just to shut this lady up. <laughs> Which is terrible, but come on. <laughs> you gotta have value in it somewhere. You gotta find the silver lining, and if that's showing up a haughty mean lady, then there you go. Yeah. Anyway, that was my... Y'all were talking about awkwardness, but I, it made me think of that. She was, she was so <laughs> caught off guard. <laughs> Did, did, did I tell you about the, um, I'll, I'll tell 
my not awkward stories. But my uncle, we we were out to dinner at Countries, and my uncle leans over to me and he says, "So how are you doing with your foot?" And you know, I said, "Well, I'm coming along." And before I could even finish my sentence, my aunt jumps in with, "I wake up every morning and my back hurts, so I know how." You, and then my mom says, "Well, I wake up every day and I can barely breathe." It. And they get into this huge like back and forth about who's got more aches and pains. And I just leaned in between them and I said. Doing fine, Uncle Benny. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was like, oh, my God, this man just started an argument. Y'all weren't even part of our conversation. I should just clip all this out and create another episode of uh, a boring conversation. <laughs> just call it Shit My Family Says. It's a new podcast. We'll just come in here once a week and be like, here's what happened this week. Oh, oh. (laughs) I got got a story for that. almost texted you my dad's birthday weekend. So not this past weekend, but the weekend before. We're sitting there and my elderly aunt, uh, I guess she's our great aunt, is over there. And she starts talking about watching the the All in the Family Jefferson's uh, live performance thing that they did, which is on Hulu and everybody should go watch it. It's great. And I, I'm going to get a little bit racy. She starts talking about, she didn't like it. She didn't think um, Woody Harrelson was very good as Archie Punker. I thought he was fine. And uh, she starts going on and on about how great Carol O'Connor was as Archie Bunker and what a great character Archie Bunker is. And then it evolves into, he wasn't racist. Uh-oh. And uh, <laughs> so how, this is her words. The blacks liked him because they knew he wasn't racist. Yeah, I loved when she said the blacks. I was like, Where is, are you talking about like black people? Or, <laughs> or uh, somebody, is this a family named the blacks? <laughs> because that's the only way they didn't think he was racist. <laughs> I mean, I just don't get why she didn't say black people. Why did she call them the blacks? <laughs> Like, isn't that more offensive than black people? It's definitely yes, one hundred and thousand percent yes. It's like calling them the gays or the Jews. Or... <laughs> that scene and uh, that'll take us right back to Saint Elmo's fire when uh, when they're all eating dinner at the Richie prison. Only a few. Once he said, only two Jewish families, but very wealthy. Like, you don't have to whisper it. <laughs> we all know you're an idiot. The blacks. <laughs> but yeah, that, talking about shit my family says, I was just like, oh my God. He was definitely a racist. <laughs> they were definitely mocking people. Like, that was the point. Like, you don't get it because you agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> you're. I don't want to call her stupid, but... You're not intelligent enough to figure out that they're mocking you. <laughs> sort of makes the joke better, though. Yes, it does. <laughs> it makes it so much better. Oh, so, yeah. Shit my family says. that That is hilarious. Uh, you can hear a lot of shit our family says if you go listen to the X-Wing files. <laughs> when they When she hits record... Or turns on her mic. <laughs> Sometimes she she has the mic on. She's just not 
anywhere close to where the mic is. <laughs> she does not understand directional microphones. Uh, and she'll never listen to this, I hope. So, or at I'm least sure not. she will, and then she'll quit the podcast again for like the second <laughs> time. That's my favorite part. Is again, <laughs> we've been podcasting together more or less for how long? She'll been on. What season is this? Seven, six, seven, I think. So like seven years we've been podcasting. That's wild. I've never quit the show. (laughs) I don't think you've ever, you've stopped podcasting, but you never were just like, I'm done. I'm just done. You've hurt my feelings. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, it's never happened. So, yeah. (laughs) But we've been doing the X-Wing Files for a year. I think she's quit the show four times. (laughs) And yet she keeps coming back for more. Mixed uh, signals at least three times. Okay, three times. So, I mean, you might be right. It might be four. There's probably plenty of times she quit. We just didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> so for more on this drama, like you said, listen to the X-Wing files. You'll know who, quote-unquote, she is pretty immediately. Yeah. She's the only lady, unless it's a guest episode. Hell, she's the only female I've ever podcasted with. What about Mina? Yeah. I always forget about Mina. That's so messed up. I I don't talk to her outside of podcasting. So, I I just forget about her. And then she'll post something on Facebook. I'm like, oh, hey! (laughs) I know you. Yeah. Hey, you. You. I don't mean that in a mean way. I just forget about her. He's It's like, thank God, Facebook tells me my friends' names. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. I think. I think she would probably say the same thing. Honest that to goodness, friendly, I would probably not even know not your friends. name if we weren't friends on Facebook <laughs> or have podcasts together. That's how bad I am with names. I mean, we're brothers, man. You can't remember my I'm name about Spencer. <laughs> I would always be like, you know, Logan's friend. <laughs> you know, that guy that somehow got my phone number and told me that Logan was in the hospital. I don't know if y'all listened to any of the the Game of Thrones podcast, but that was every episode. I was like, I, I don't know his name. The guy that did this and this and this. Oh, and of course, Elizabeth knows him. I was the idiot on that podcast. I actually enjoyed you talking a lot more than, than her. In all honesty, well, I, I made it almost to the end, but the show became so like I became so frustrated with the show that I stopped listening to almost all talk about the show. Um, and so I had to I had to stop you guys just because I was like, I can't deal with it anymore, especially with Elizabeth commenting on something I'm super upset about. I just don't want to get into it with her. I was about to say, we haven't talked about Game of Thrones. You were no. so you were upset by the ending. Uh, not by not like the the details of where people ended up do not bother me, and I think a lot of that stuff could have made it did make sense, but they really needed more time, and they just really fumbled the ball through the last three episodes to force a lot of plot points they knew they were going to do because George Martin told them that's what they were going to do, and that really pissed me off because what 
could have been character development that was shocking and surprising became just frivolous and dumb. And it really bothered me because like Daenerys is a character I really loved, but, and I'm fine with her going totally evil or making a mistake that she can't come back from. They just didn't, they just didn't sell that to me. And, um, and I think that she was totally going to go that way. And I think she'll go that way in the books, but I just think there's a lot of cheap shortcuts because they were such, they were so ready to be done with that show. They being the, the showrunners um and it was so transparently them being ready to be done that that it, it very much frustrated me um so it was a lot of the 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 how more than the what was the problem for me okay the second episode i was still stand by as one of my favorite episodes of television ever the night of the seven kingdoms um my god so many scenes that i just absolutely loved and there's this um this woman jenny o jenny lewis owens i think is her name she has like kind of folksy not fo- americana music but she does these game of thrones songs for she she used to give them to the cast of kings dave chen and joanna robinson's show and she does this song called a night of the seven kingdoms and i probably listened to it like a hundred times and it gets me emotional every time i listen to it that's how good i think that episode is um but then the rest of it, then to have it all be so screwed up after that, they needed more episodes with that kind of time and breath to let people grow. And instead they rushed it in the second half. And I, I think they messed up yeah, the point. Really, really rushed. So that's my long way of saying I was very disappointed by the how no, that the King brand, whatever, that's fine. Um, this, you know, John going up above the wall, Ari going off to explore all those things, I guess spoilers for game of Thrones, but everybody knows at this point. Um, I think all of that makes sense to me. And I think we would have gotten there. I never thought Arya was going to go home and be a lady or a lady's hand, you know? Um, and, and I, that all that makes sense. I just wish that, um, I think if anyone really though, Arya got the best, the, the least, uh, shorted out of everybody. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Just very. Well, just, Logan's in love uh, with the thought of Jon Snow going back to what is it, Castle Black? But he's the only one there, so he's there all by himself. <laughs> yeah, if you'd stop sad forms, you didn't hear uh, our. I haven't our even episode. put up that episode. Logan. Oh my god! Um, so yeah, I went on this long rant about like because the whole thing at the end was like he was going back to be. Uh, the, what are, what are they called? Um, the head the of the Night's Watch. Watch. Yeah, the Night's Watch. Watch. Yeah, it, that that was his punishment. And but like he when he leaves, he's just with the wildlings. And and I was talking, I was like, didn't most of the Night's Watch die? And like, there's nobody else with him. So like, is there nobody there? Like he he just goes back to Castle Black, and it's just him sitting on the wall or what's left of it. It's so like okay. <laughs> No, it's here I am. Another if day by myself. If he's, if he's gone past the gate, that means they're going. He's already been to Castle Black. He's just going off with them to help them find a home. That's all he's doing. That makes I a lot of he's sense. He's going to come back and be all by himself. <laughs> no, because then they have. They still have. They they speak to that. It's one of the few. Come on, there's so many plot holes, and that's when there's not actually there. They even speak <laughs> to the fact they need to send people up north because the north will always need protecting, and and like so they're going to replenish. The Night's Watch under King Brand's wise truth vision, whatever bullshit. So no, that's one I don't give you, Logan. I'll give you a lot of other Forrest Gump stuff, though, because what the hell did he do in the Battle of Winterfell except run around? 
and almost get shot in the butt. Yeah, so uh, what's funny about Game of Thrones is I made it, well, I, I say I made it through all the seasons. Like, I watched it, but I watched them all in, like, the span of, what, six months. Um, and I made it all the way to the last season before I realized that that's the girl that played Kira in the Solo movie. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, that's you. You would think that's funny, but there's another. I didn't realize that that's uh, what's her name from Star Wars from uh, what's her name, Gwendolyn something. Phasma. Yeah. yeah, Captain Phasma. I'll oh, give you that one. She's in a helmet. Never see her face. I'll give yeah. you that one. But Kira's like a major character, and she's not like. <laughs> an alien she's just her with darker hair what's funny is what made me realize it was i think a, i saw a picture on facebook or something somebody posted a meme or something i was like holy crap that's the girl from game of thrones i didn't even know <laughs> i watched six whole seasons and didn't even know i would give anything to get akira show because we're never getting solo too I just want to show about whatever the hell Kira's doing. Yeah. I'd like to know. With Darth Maul. We might get a comic book sequel. No. I'm beginning to get annoyed by the comic books specifically because of that kind of stuff. I I stopped reading. There's so many, like, one-off special things. I was like, I I really can't keep up with this anymore. (laughs) It's too much. I agree. Um, Anyway. So are yeah. we going to keep doing this show? Yeah. All right. So we're we're back. We're, we're like, we're, we're on it. We're going to do it. Right, guys? Oh, were we quitting? No, I'm just saying, like, we took like a two-month hiatus. Oh, okay. So I just want to reassure people who just listened to us ramble on that we're going to keep doing <laughs> the show. I think, Logan, you are correct. There's just not a ton to say about Cloak and Dagger, even though I liked it. I don't have a ton to go over on the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, there's, I mean. It's and not- I really don't want to just you know, piss all over a movie that two other people genuinely just had a good time with. I I thought it was horribly acted, though. I did think it was interesting that those creepy old people were married in real life. So Were they really? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) So, they get to be creepy for 56 years together. (laughs) I'm sure in real life they're not creepy. Well, Well, uh, I mean, in real life they're dead now. The older guy was in a lot of like what old westerns and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh God, what's that animated movie? Yeah, uh, that narrow it down for me, buddy. The The Rescuers. Rescuers the Down Rescu- Under. There's the Rescuers is the first one and Down Under is the um sequel. He's um God, now I'm gonna have to look it up. I think it's the Rescuers. Um The Little Mice. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's him. the Rescuers. Now I gotta make sure it's him. Uh John McIntyre. Oh, no, maybe it's the Fox and the Hound. Or maybe he was in both. I don't know. He did a lot of voice acting though. I know that. So I was trying to look it up. But uh, he's in the Fox and the Hound and the Rescuers. Oh, okay. So he's got a lot of credits. <laughs> this dude was in did, a lot of stuff. Who the heck did he play on the Fox and the Hound? Badger. I, I don't like the fox and the hound. I haven't seen it in years, but it made me sad when I used to watch it. He he's also uh, 
the sheriff in Psycho. Uh, sheriff Chambers. Oh, wow. So many connections. Yeah, and the guy in this directed Psycho 2, or the guy that directed this directed Psycho 2, and Henry Thomas played uh, young Norman Bates in Psycho 4? I think that's what I saw when I looked at his credits, yeah. Um, which, honestly, they should have never made anything past the first Psycho. <laughs> It's not a franchise that needed revisiting. There's some people who really love one of those later Psycho movies. I know that there was a, there's like a good following, but I don't care. I'm not, I'm not into horror franchises the way a lot of people are. Yeah. Like if they ever made a Babadook 2, I would be very sad. Holy hell, this dude was in the Phoenix City story. Oh, and why is that important, Logan? Because we, well... Ryan and I both grew up in Phoenix City. I spent a lot of time there. My family was on both sides of the river. Yeah. So uh, we didn't live in Columbus till we were eight or nine. Eight, I think. And so, yeah, we, we've we've got some Phoenix City stories of our own. Were you born in Georgia? Were you guys born in Georgia or Alabama? Georgia. Georgia. Oh, okay. About to say, I'm going to have to rethink our friendship, but cool, we're good. We're good. <laughs> we just lost our one Alabama listener. <laughs> yeah, Jacob. <laughs> he doesn't live there anymore, but he's still Alabama. So, but, but Auburn. Alabama, <laughs> to quote your friend. Greenbow, Alabama. That's from Forrest Gump. Did I ever tell you that when... Okay, so I have two half-brothers, and I did not meet them until I was 18, and... The youngest of the two, he would have been around 10 when we met, I think, maybe nine. And he was so excited about me because I was this big surprise. And he finally had an older brother who was probably not beat him up, basically. Um, but he was also a gigantic Forrest Gump fan. So when he found out I grew up like a mile from Alabama... He was so excited. And one of the things he did, my dad, I remember my dad looking at, his name is Duncan, and looking at Duncan and saying, hey, say that thing. And Duncan just looks at me and goes, Alabama. <laughs> and that was how I met my brother. Because <laughs> he really liked the fact that I grew up close to where Forrest Gump grew up. Where do you go well, there one day, kid? <laughs> closest relative. He grew up in lower Alabama. For people that don't know, there's definitely a difference. So when you think of Alabama, you think it's all just like uber redneck and like kind of white trashy. And I mean, you're kind of right. But lower Alabama is that times like four. It's like some um, true detective season one stuff. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. (laughs) So, and I know that because we used to also spend a lot of time in lower Alabama. <laughs> because my dad's second wife lived there. All right, so 
what's our next movie? This is what happens. At the end of every episode, they pick our next movie. They don't tell me in advance. Um, and unless we're lying to you and secretly preparing to record the next episode, which had been the plan for this week, full disclosure, but we didn't do that. Um, so you guys can throw an audible if you want. But what is, um, and I also have the right to veto because I'm going to get five vetoes per this whole show where I can say, no, you have to watch my art house frou-frou shit. And I'm not watching these 80s movies. Um, and so I can do that occasionally, listeners. But what's the uh, what's the next one? So I picked the next one already, and I think we were all kind of good with it. But Ryan, did you already watch it? No. Okay. So, in in that case, I am gonna call an audible because on the off chance that it's like a a month before we get back around to recording, um, the special whatever edition of this movie is coming out. And I, I really, it's really want to Yeah. In, in light of watching this, the whole time I was watching Cloak and Dagger, all I wanted to do was turn it off and watch Flight of the Navigator. And I've never seen it. That's exciting. So when is the, the anniversary edition coming out? Um, it should be out in July. Oh, you really think I'm going to wait that long, <laughs> long to do an episode? I mean, I don't know. But on the off chance, I, I'm pretty sure the regular edition is available in some form or fashion right now. Um, I'm looking now to double check. I, I'm sure it is too, but let's see. Flight of the Navigator. Because I did rewatch the movie that I picked, and it's terrible. It's so, not terrible. Here's the funny thing. I did not recognize the movie by the title, and when I looked it up, I realized I'd seen it. So I was going to throw an audible on you guys this week. <laughs> if you had if you had said Space Invaders and stuck with it, I was going to be like, actually, surprise, I've seen it. Okay, good. So I can take it off the list. <laughs> so you can take it off the list. <laughs> well, we'll so just, just for shits and giggles, do you remember anything about it? I remember that I watched it three or four times when I was little. That's about it. And, and it was cute and fine, right? Yeah, that's about it. It's still cute and fine and an okay sort of alien invasion movie to watch with a six-year-old. So That would have been about the right age. I was probably that, in that four- to six-year-old range when I watched it. That's about it. So there's, there's not I, – I still thought it was cute, but not anywhere as fun as I remembered it being. So, and the kid that plays the duck is annoying as hell. So, the kid who plays the duck, he wears the duck costume for like oh, the yeah. whole damn movie. <laughs> so, I'm gonna throw my audible, my first, my first veto. No. So I mean, it just means we push you off a week. So that's okay. That's okay. Why you get sad? This is part of the rules. Am I not allowed to do the rules? You absolutely are. I, I was just really looking forward to watching this movie. Well, you didn't expect us to record for another month, so we'll probably be right on schedule for when you thought we'd watch it. So I've been working on my stats for the year on Letterboxd. This is a whole thing. I don't know if listeners if I've talked about it here. Um, but essentially, the whole thing is I've been trying to get um, 
So I have Woody Allen is in my top 25 most watched director, so I'm trying to knock him off. Ironically enough, since we talked about Solo, Ron Howard is about to top him one down because I've seen just I've tied Ron Howard and Woody Allen. So I'm going to watch one more Ron Howard, and he'll be above Woody Allen. But on my actors list, it was very predominantly white male list, except for my number one, who has been Sam Jackson since like the moment I got Letterboxd because I've, I've always seen his movies forever. Um, and I sit in that, I think he's going to, I think I've seen 65 of his movies at this point. But anyway, I've been trying to get rid of Johnny Depp for like two years off my top 25 since he started like being a crazy person. And it comes out that even if she beat him up, he beat his girlfriend up or wife up and just shitty stuff. Go away, Johnny Depp. Turns out they both suck. (laughs) Yeah. And she's nowhere near my top 25. So I'm not worried about her and she's not a good actor. So I'm not super into like watching her movies anyway. Um, but I am working on um, one uh, Maggie Chung, who I've seen uh, some of her movies. I'm trying to get her ranked, but I also want her ranked in my most watched this year because she's just going to get there. Um, so it's a nice time to rewatch In the Mood for Love. And so uh, we're going to watch In the Mood for Love, and we're going to go as art house as we can fucking get. Um, and it's a great movie. It's on uh, the Criterion channel, which you can uh, get a, a free trial subscription to and watch it that way it's also very findable on the internet um it's not a long movie it is subtitled buckle up boys find wait till you, this is me in college getting deep all right this movie's not even that old right it's like 2000 yeah i mean i understand that's 20 years but in the scheme of like we're just watching shit from 40 years ago so it's not quite as old as the stuff we've been watching. Um. So y'all get on that. I'm going to rewatch it soon. And so like, I would love to record in another week or so. Um, and if y'all have seen, I post those pictures once a month of who I've been like what my current monthly stats are. Um, and if I watch this with a couple other things I plan to watch, she'll be on that picture next month. And I would like that. So I'm going to watch it very soon. And then we can talk about the movie. This will be like my 10th time seeing the movie in the last 20 years. So I'll be able to talk about it as much as y'all want to. Or y'all can just dissect while I watch the shit that I watch, which I'm fine with. Um, so you said it's available to stream on the Criterion channel. I'm assuming that's the only place it's available to stream. It used to be on Amazon Prime until the Criterion channel opened up. And then right. it's back on that. So, um, oh, she was in Hero. I yeah. actually have I actually have a uh, I have an account so I can give you all my login and I can share it with y'all and oh. listeners and listeners if y'all want to um, you can't have that from me um, but uh, that's the do the trial thing I think it's like a ten day or seven day trial and you can watch it then and like I said it's short it's less than two hours I think it's right around ninety minutes um, and so watch it there it's in the mood for love by Wong Kar Wai it's got a picture of a lady with a red background behind her if you find it somewhere else because it's available in other places if you get your movies other places it, it is a movie that you have probably been on me to watch since we became friends yeah i think it's one of those that is in my um my my top five movies of all time pretty solidly like without like i have some movies like my wes anderson slot it, it changes you know depending on my mood and the time of the year or whatever. Um, but but this one is firmly in my top five movies of all time. And um, I'm going to... nothing like sad people smoking cigarettes to a really great musical score that just 
does it for me. I'm going to correct myself. The Flight of the Navigator Anniversary Edition, it looks like it's already out on Blu-ray. Ryan, is that right? Um, what I read, unless it just came out. Hmm. No, my, I mean, I see a special edition on Amazon. So, let say if you want to, if anybody wants to double up, you know, just in case. But you can also buy the Flight of the Navigator DVD for like seven bucks. So, don't rent it, just pay the seven dollars. It's worth owning on DVD. <laughs> Physical media. One day the stream will die. Get the physical media. Yeah, I mean, when the apocalypse comes, all we'll have is uh, tube TVs and uh, old DVD players. So, yeah, there you go. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching this uh, in the mood for love. I uh, scoured the uh, YouTube verse for a clip from that movie to use. For our opening, uh, or the theme I put together for uh, Boring Conversation. And, like, it was the only, like, clip I found that seemed kind of fitting. But there were no subtitles. And I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> I think sad. I even, Yeah, I think I even asked you, like, is this fitting? And you're like, oh, yeah, it's perfect. So I used to have the, there's a musical, um, not number, that's the wrong word. So that's the score is really um, powerful, but there's one theme that kind of repeats itself throughout. Uh, It's like this plucking of strings. Anyway, y'all know it when you see it. Um, A lot of slow motion shots. And then this piece of the score kicks back in. It was my ringtone for like three years. (laughs) It was one of those that I illegally downloaded the song, converted it to whatever I had to convert to, sent it via somehow to my phone and then turn it into my ringtone and it stayed that way for a long time. All my friends had cool like hip hop music and stuff and I was like do 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 and it was just like oh, that's no that's not like Mario but it was this uh the string music from this movie. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So, so sorry, I just really wanted we watch it and I have the power and I'm not used it yet. So I'm using it. And then yeah. I really, wa- I really want to see Flight of the Navigator, so I'm actually very excited about getting to it. So it's not coming from a place of malice. I was hoping Ryan was googling when this was going to. I'm looking for it. all this stuff. I see says 2016. Okay. So, so yeah, it's already out. <laughs> all right. So no, I guess it we'll- was in my newsfeed, dude. That wouldn't pop up from 2016. You're right. There was an anniversary edition coming out. Well, we'll figure that out. Next the time. last Starfighter 25th anniversary edition is $5.99 on Blu-ray, just to let y'all know right now on Amazon. Absolutely 100% worth it. And uh, did I'm going to get off on the story. But anyway, uh, uh, what's his name? The Preacher Dudes. The guys that produce Preacher. Seth Rogen and... Evan Goldberg? Yes tried to get the rights to remake the last starfighter yep and apparently the guy that that created the characters wrote the script whatever still owns them like it's not owned by the studio and he won't let it go yep and that's why we have future man (laughs) because they just took all their ideas and made a show out of it so anyway there you go all right we're all wherever 
At Film Dispenser. <laughs> at Pulp 79. We're on wherever. <laughs> We're really good at self-advertising. I, I'm terrible at it, and I don't get on Twitter ever. <laughs> so I get on Twitter to lurk, and then I see some political rant, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm done for the week. I'm good. So, bye. <laughs> well, anyway, find me there if you like art house stuff, and we'll talk about it, specifically this movie. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. This is I fun. Feel like, I feel like this is going to make Marie very happy. This supersized weird episode? And us being forced to watch uh, In the Mood for Love. Yes, I'm so devious. I planned this with her. She told me to do it. She's probably tired of watching all the crap that we picked. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Well, well, I've got one that I know she loves that will be my next veto. So I'm excited for it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I love how exasperated you are. I just have anxiety this. about this. <laughs> Why? I don't want to hate it. <laughs> it's okay if you hate it. I hated St. Elmo's Fire. We're still friends. That gives me anxiety, too. Can I tell one more story before we leave? I don't care. I went for a hike today. Uh-oh. Up in the... I, I say mountains. Everybody else at work calls them the hills. But, I mean, I kind of live on the side of a mountain. But, like, at the bottom of the side of a mountain. So, it feels like I'm walking up the side of a mountain when I go hiking. Um, and I took a different trail today. And I came to this little wooden bridge that some Boy Scouts had built. And it was, there was like this tall thing of rocks, like with a little bit of cascading water, but it hasn't rained much. So it was kind of dry. And there, the path looked like it stopped there. I was like, oh, well, I can't go any further. And then I started looking around and I could see like a path up the rocks, like literally up the side of this mountain. That looked relatively safe, but I stood there looking at it for probably five minutes until I convinced myself not to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) And it has nothing to do with anything except on the way back, I was like, I just experienced a literal metaphor for my entire fucking life. (laughs) And I'm so ashamed of myself. Don't be ashamed. Oh, I just, I kept thinking about like, okay, so that's clearly a path. So it's probably safe. But what if there's snakes under the rocks? (laughs) What if (laughs) there's probably snakes under all the rocks? Yes, you're right. (laughs) But I I can talk myself around that. Um, So I was like, well, you can't see at the top. So you're going to be like literally climbing up a path of rocks and you can't see what's at the top of that. So what if you get to the top and there's like, and it's the edge of the world and you fall off. (laughs) No, not something stupid. (laughs) Like a rabid fox is like just standing there. Like a rabid fox. (laughs) I'm going to eat you now. Um, I just stuff like that. Like every stupid little thing. And then, like, and I had started to, like, I got to the edge of where the trail started going up the rocks, and I went to step on the rock, and I was like, nope, I'm going to turn around and go home. The so, end. Yeah, that, that's 
That's pretty funny. So when you guys do your Googling for this movie, you should look up the um, production of the film after you get done watching, just to read about how much they shot of this movie that's so short that you're about to watch, and then how much ended up actually in the movie compared to what they shot. It's pretty amazing. So there's like a longer cut of this movie too? Nope, no cut. It's just a lot of stuff he just threw out. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just know, Ryan, I know you like the Easter egg kind of stuff like that. Yeah, it's really, I love stuff like that. The, the shooting, the whole filming of this movie is just so insane to me. Most of this guy's movies are like this, though. He shoots them forever, shoots all this stuff, and is like, well, we wrote it to be one thing, but then in the editing room I found this whole other movie, and that's what I made instead. So anyway, fun fact. <laughs> things to look for. I will probably watch it this weekend to wash the taste of Dark Phoenix out of my mouth. Ugh. Or my brain now. You haven't even seen it yet. I feel like I have. I think it was an excellent... That's what I did today with Brightburn. I used it to wash the taste of manna still out of my mouth. (laughs) 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 It's been a long time coming. (laughs) Yeah, it took forever. Manna still is a fine movie. Well, Brightburn made it a better movie. (laughs) Okay. I'll see it eventually. Psychopath. Man, well, that was fun. Yeah, I had a good time. Why I'm glad we did it, guys. Let's do it next week. Let's don't wait till July. Okay. <laughs> you say that because you're making us watch your arty party movie. That is correct, but also because then we can watch Spider the Navigator. See, now I'm I'm giving us all reason to keep going. I mean, I'm in. Is this for, is this like not for children? I didn't look at the rating. No, it's totally fine. There's nothing. There's no nudity or violence okay. or anything. Well, I think I it's mind technically, the... technically, I think it's PG. Okay. I don't mind the violence so much as the having lots of sex. So. Yeah, no, zero percent. That's like kind of the whole point of the movie, is that there is none. But does it ruin it that you've already told me the plot of this film? No. Okay. So, because I do remember the plot. So. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It's not a plot movie. Plot exists, but that's not what it is. I would also... I might like it. For the record, that, like, I'm gung-ho for this, so... Just don't watch it sleepy, because the music is so relaxing, you will fall asleep. Oh, I watch everything sleepy now. Oh, well, (laughs) watch it pre-hike, then go hike and get tired. Okay. Good deal. I'm going to have to watch this movie, like, three times. That's, yeah, that's a good, that sounds like a good week to me. No, I just mean I'm going to fall asleep during the movie every time. <laughs> I know what you meant. I was trying to spin it. I can't even watch a stinking baseball game without falling asleep. Amen. But for different reasons. Because boring. they're boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Well, y'all have a good night. All right. You too. Did we have a sign off? I feel like we did and we forgot. We did. Everybody have a better tomorrow. That's my new sign off. Sure. Wrong show. Go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you kids, get off my lawn.